Hey there, and welcome to Unabashed You. We're here to encourage you to become who you already are through inspiring conversations with extraordinary everyday people like you and me. We have courage to show up in our own lives, believing in ourselves more, unapologetic for who we are. Feeling generous? Consider leaving a review, subscribing, and or sharing episodes. It matters. That algorithm is a real thing, and we do this with support from you. Find us at unabashedyou.com for episodes, blogs, social media links, and to be on our email list. When in doubt, type in unabashedyou to find us. And now for the woman who can't wait to know just a little bit more about you, Rochelle Condi now. To the women listening, there are so many fears we can be struggling with as women, thinking we're not good enough, feeling less than, plagued by self-doubt, and not knowing how to step forward with courage. Consider UI Coaching to learn the strategies to take your life into the next chapter with confidence. Reach out through our website and become more of who you already are. Now, on with the show. No one is coming. There will be no rescues, no one to do the thing for you. Sure, you will have your people and they will be there for support and encouragement to love you. When it comes to the work, the doing, the actual healing, well, that's all you. Peg Rupert is here to share with us the hope and possibilities there are to thrive. She especially wants to share steps to help recover yourself fully post-divorce. Welcome, Peg, to the podcast. We're so grateful to, to have you on here. You came highly recommended by our friend of the show, Michelle Folan, her asking for a friend podcast. We become friends behind the scenes. And she said, you have to talk to Peg. And, uh, you know, Michelle tells me that I got to do it. So there you go. Welcome. Oh. Welcome, Peg. <laughs> well, thank you, Rochelle. So excited to be here with you and meeting you and love that our mutual friend connected us. Um, no doubt, Michelle is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, she actually is a former sorority sister of mine. So that's oh how I met her. Oh my gosh. You her actually know her in real life. College. Oh my gosh. I know her in real life. How oh my that? gosh. That's so fun. That is so fun. Is there anything you want the listeners to know uh, as we get started here? Just that I'm happy to be here and that I hope <laughs> that this conversation gives them a little bit of insight and, um, you know, it's a worthwhile podcast for them to listen to. That's what I'm hoping. Um, Well, gosh, thank you for that. I I really appreciate that encouragement. It's always nice to hear. Thank you, Peg. All right. Three words you would use to describe yourself. Okay. Um, I'm going to say abundance. That's like one of my core values. So abundance, generous, is my second and it's a, a core value one that I've really tried to teach my kids and resilience mm. which I think speaks to the pivot that I've had in my life and I know this is your right. pivot series right right okay so I want to get that first word did you say abundant as an ending in a t or abundance as in ce ce okay. I think of you could think of it being abundance or abundant but no abundance but I- is well, it's ongoing. It's ongoing. That's why I, you know, yes. I'm really uh, 
I'm really, a, I, I love words. So they really matter to me. And I want to be, yeah, <laughs> I want to be honoring of the words you've chosen for yourself. So there we go. Okay. Abundance, generous and resilient. So abundance and generous really go together. You, you know, are living in a place of abundance, regardless of your situation, I'm guessing. And I think we're going to get more into that in a bit. And generous, uh, you know, generous in spirit, generous with yourself, your knowledge, your wisdom, and resilient, you know, your ability to endure well, and to thrive despite what may have gone on in your life. I just love those words. Very good. See how they start to paint a picture. I mean, I, you know, this is the first conversation we've ever had, and I'm already gleaning and gathering things about you by you answering so far, really one question. This is why I, I it's really love such a great, it's a great <laughs> question to start with. I yes. love that you start with that question. Yes. It's so good because you know, how we see ourselves obviously differs from how other people might see us. So mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Two truths and lie. Do you know how to do this? Two truths. One lie. one lie. So you you put them in whatever order you want. You say three things, and then I have to decide okay. which one might which one is the lie. And it's just it's just another fun way to get to know you. Here we go. Sure. Okay. Uh, let's see. I have two kids. I have lived my entire life in the Midwest, and I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> Okay. You know, these are these are really good in the sense that they're very very simple. They're very they're short, they're sweet, they're simple. Um, you know, two are I don't want to say math related, but two kids, you know, you could have one, you could have three. Capricorn really is mathematical in the sense of when sure. you were born and within you know the calendar year and of course I don't have any idea when you were born so you know you could be who knows what kind of sign and living in the midwest all <laughs> your life you know there's a big chunk that we consider the midwest so you know you could have mm-hmm. you know you could have kind of stayed in that general area and maybe moved a bit or maybe not moved at all Oh gosh. And see, this is where it gets tricky. Okay. Um, I know this is so fun. This is so, it's so good for me. It's very sort of strategic. Like and, a puzzle. And, yeah. Like a jumble. Yeah. Analytical yeah. and all the things, yeah. some, some things that I really enjoy and you know, they could all be true. We didn't talk about kids yet. So I'm going to go with, um, yeah. I'm going to go with Capricorn just because there's so many other signs that you could be that I'm I'm going mm-hmm. with that as the lie. Well, I am a Capricorn. <laughs> okay. I am a Ram born January okay. 7th. So All I am right. a full play- and I, I am the description of a Capricorn. Oh, like gosh. So when you read a description of a Capricorn, I am that. That's you. Um, I do have two kids. So okay. uh, 25 ah. and 26 year old. And I have lived most of my life in the Midwest, uh, from Cincinnati to Chicago, Kansas City, Cincinnati. But I actually, thinking about you know you in California, my um, my dad worked for Stanford when I was young, oh, and so wow. we lived in Menlo Park for a number uh, of years as I was growing up. So uh, one stint on the West Coast, but most of my life in, right. in the Midwest. 
Okay. Those are fun. So you do have two kids, you mostly Midwest, but you did live in California for a time and you are the quintessential Capricorn, apparently. (laughs) That I am. All right. One of your favorite movies, and I say one because, come on, we all have so many movies that we like, but this, again, is another way to get to know you. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I don't even have to think about it. Oh. Um, my favorite movie my entire life is It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, isn't that, as soon so, as you started talking and you said my whole life, I thought, oh, she might say it. <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life. So, but there's a different reason for it. Okay. The reason is because my dad, who I was very close to, um, his, he sounded and he looked oh, like Jimmy Stewart. Oh. And so in the old days, before we had oh. podcasts, my dad would frequently be on the radio for radio shows. Like he would be interviewing him on a radio show. He did a lot of work around the economy and, you know, where things were growing and things like that. So he was often interviewed on the radio and people would always call in to the radio show and say, gosh, has anyone told him he sounds exactly like Jimmy Stewart? And, um, and so that's the association. So my dad was not only sounded and looked like Jimmy Stewart, he lived a life of George Bailey, which was of abundance and looking for the angel to get their wings. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is how my dad lived his life. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've been, I watch it a secret. I watch that, but I watch it's a wonderful life every single year by myself. Okay. And I ball and cry like a baby. My dad has been gone since 1992. Oh, and I'm uh, so sorry. It's a long so, time to be without him. Absolutely. But I, but I, I watch that movie and I just have a good cry every year right before Christmas. And um, it's my tradition. I, I, you know, I have a very dear friend who this is also her, her favorite, hands down, her favorite, her favorite movie. And she, you know, she watches it every year as well. And, and there, there is something extraordinarily special about that movie. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we, we really could do, you know, an entire episode, probably a four or five series episode of, of the movie and uh, so many things about it. The, the message of, you know, living your best life and, and, you know, being, you know, growing where you are. He so much wanted to get away, but life was like, no, 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 we need you here. I need you here. Here is where you're really going to bless people and share who you are and and have the impact. So yeah, it's an incredible, really incredible movie. And I, and I appreciate that there's, there's a familiarity about it for you because of it reminding you so much of your dad. I mean, that, how extra mm-hmm. sweet is that? Oh, it certainly is. Well, let's, let's make that our next podcast. We can do it together and we'll do a whole series dissecting. It's a wonderful oh, it's life. It's a wonderful life. Meeting. Yes. Um, yeah. I love that. Let's yeah. Okay. Uh, a person that inspires you. And again, you probably have quite a few, like many of us do, but somebody you want to share with us today could give you all sorts of lofty names. However, um, you know what comes to mind the minute you ask that question? It's Taylor Swift. 
Wow, I thought you were going to say your dad after after all no. that about your dad. I was <laughs> like, I think she's going to say her dad, but Taylor Swift. No, I'm going to say. Tell so me about I'm not that. A okay, I'm not a Swifty. Um, although I guess I am now, like I am now. But so you know, she just she's on this big concert tour right now across the United States. It's her era's tour. It's the first time she's toured in five or six years, and so my daughter grew up you know, loving Taylor Swift and all her girlfriends loving Taylor Swift. So for her 26th birthday, I gave her a trip with she and I, mom, daughter trip to go see Taylor Swift in her first weekend of kicking oh, off the era tour gosh. in, which was in Phoenix, Arizona. So, I mean, you know, and I was along for the ride. I just went a girl's trip to Phoenix and do a little spa time and, <laughs> Stay at a nice hotel and yeah, I'm going to go to the concert. And we got lucky. We had to be, you had to be in the, you had to go through this whole process to get the tickets. That was not easy, but we went through the whole process to get the tickets at a reasonable price. So I did not spend a thousand dollars on tickets um, for everyone listening, right? I got the $300 tickets, but the most amazing seats you'd ever have because I was, I got myself into this ticket master queue. But anyway, net net of, so why she inspired me is this woman saying, 48 songs, four hours, did not stop one time. Wow. The entire stadium. It's the stadium. She's doing a stadium tour. She is at huge stadium. She was just at the Rose Bowl. Wow. He fills the stadium to the brim, and it is the most positive vibe of people, men, mm. women, children, smiling and singing, and she's so positive. Mm-hmm. Oh and gosh. I just was like, okay. I am inspired by this woman who has just, she's, I think, 33 years old. And (laughs) she manages every detail of this tour. So I'm inspired by Taylor Swift. Um, So any Swifties out there, if you haven't made it to the concert, I think everyone feels like they've they've seen the concert on Instagram. It's worth it. It is worth every penny and minute. My daughter's gone three times now. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, that is uh, quite the endorsement. And, you know, I appreciate that you were, you got to have the, cherish this really special time with your daughter who already really liked Taylor Swift. And like you said, you were just going along for the ride. However, you ended up getting so much more out of it than time with your daughter, which was already pretty fantastic. And now here you are being, you know, it's, it's remarkable. Some people have this very overt, remarkable talent and it's not just the talent, but the stamina, the stamina too, but the willingness to stay out there for four hours. Yeah. Yeah. And her positive vibe. I mean, you know, and then how that vibe hits the audience. And I mean, what are the chances, I mean, for a a mom in her fifties and her 26 year old daughter to spend four hours with our arms around each other, I can just hear up <laughs> saying this, singing, you know, Aww. literally singing and screaming our, our minds out. And it was just such a positive, it's a memory we'll have forever. Yes. So, um, so Taylor Swift. Oh, yay. Yay. Oh, gosh, that is a, that's a good tip. That's a very good tip. Uh, I, funny, we had a two granddaughters in the car yesterday in the back seat. And um, one of them was singing. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. Ever, I've never even heard that song actually, <laughs> but now I feel like I know it because acapella, she was six years old, just kept singing it 
the part she knew, which I'm guessing is the chorus <laughs> over and over. Yes, yes, that is. I love that. Yeah, oh, pretty so cute. Fun. So the impact starts young. What, what's a piece yep. of wisdom, Peg, that you keep handy? Oh, goodness. Uh, I have a lot of wisdom that I keep handy. I think um, in, in, right during the pandemic, I took a course from Mel Robbins, if you're familiar with Mel Robbins mm-hmm. at all. Um, and I took a course from Mel Robbins. She's wrote the five have the five habit, um, rule and a number of books and whatnot. She's a podcaster too. Um, but you know, number one in the world, she, her, one of her quotes is no one is coming. And when I heard that, at first, I was kind of taken aback. Yeah. So no one is coming. Let's think about that. And when I first heard it, I was kind of taken aback because I was taking this course of hers. And it was called launch and relaunch your life kind of thing. And so, and she said, you know, I just want to say to everyone, no one is coming. And I was kind of like, oh, that's not very nice. You know, I'm abundant. I'm generous. What do you mean no one's coming? And, and yet the more I let that sink in, I think it's really very empowering. Like no one's coming to save you. Like you, you, if you want to change your life, you're in charge of changing your life. Yeah. It's all like, you. you. You own yeah. it. You yeah. own it. And so that to me is rolled around in my mind for the last, mm. you know, four or five years. No one is coming. Like you're in charge of this. So mm. that's my, that's my Mel Robbins wisdom. Okay. And we've credited Mel Robbins. It's a good one. It's very um, initially sort of perplexing and that, yes, mm-hmm. if you quickly look at it, from different sides, you realize, okay, that's right. Because it, it it's, it's you. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's it, it, what you do with your life is, is you. So that's really exactly. profound. It's very provocative. Oh, it's provocative and profound. It, it's fabulous. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for, for sharing that because we have not had that. And I, I, I do love hearing a course. This is why I choose this question. I, I learn as much. You know, I, I learn from my guests uh, every time I have a guest on. I, it's just, it's an ongoing, ongoing uh, school, school of life. Yeah. All right, Peg, it's time to take our deep dive. And we've got two things going on here, our sort of traditional classic, what your passion is. I have a sense that some of your passion goes into our series that we're on now, which is The Pivot, which talks about mm-hmm. uh, the big change of direction that either you, you know, internally kind of started there or externally something happened to you, but then uh, forced you to change direction. Sort of, we're sort of talking about that, kind of how you managed that and then anything you might have learned from that. So you can start wherever you want and then we'll just start chatting about it. Sure. Um, well, I think my my pivot in a lot of ways has become my passion um, yes, I had that feeling. You know, <laughs> so you know, it's like that. So, you know, my my life pivot was, you know, I was I had been married for almost twenty five years, two great kids, you know, all good stuff, like a part of a great family, and um, I, you know, unfortunately, I discovered that my husband at the time had been engaged in a very long-term relationship with a work colleague. And um, his work colleague or yours? Yeah. I only just want to make that slight distinction. His work. Okay, his got work it, colleague. got it. That's enough. So, okay, yeah. got so it. So a colleague, 
that he had worked with, who he was working with, who was also out of town. So um, he was a rep that had him traveling via car. And so was this individual. And so it was, um, gosh, it just hit me between the eyes for so Mm. many reasons. One, because I never, um, I, I just didn't anticipate it. You know, marriages have ups and downs and goods and bads, you know, and everyone contributes to that. So right. there's no doubt about that. But I did not not realize that our marriage was at that place that, okay. I, I, you know, it, it just hit me between the eyes. Right. And, um, and I'm also a planner and I'm a stick to it kind of person, you know, yeah. like my best friends I met in fourth grade, you know, like, I mean, you know, like long-term relationships are the fabric of my life. Right. And so um, I just don't give up on anything. You know, I just, I work through everything. And so, um, gosh, that's just, that was, that was a pit. It just knocked me off my chair. My kids at the time were just, one had just graduated high school, was just starting college. The other one was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. So that's also just a very tenuous time in their life. Right. Um, and I also, his family, um, really big family, really important people in my life. My parents both deceased. His parents um, really treated me as if I was one of their six children. Right. So I was like, num- I felt like number seven in my relationship with them. And I love and still love all my brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws. Mm-hmm. Um, that are, you know, are part of the family. So, but, you know, our whole lives as a big family, were all interwoven with one another. Oh, like gosh. we did every, we did a lot together. We spent a lot of time together, vacations together and holidays and every birthday, you know, and, and I hosted a lot of that, you know? Um, so I had a little bit of a centerpiece in that, in that, um, situation. And so you're, when you go through this experience, all of a sudden, what you think to be true about yourself and about your life, you know, is he, is immediately kind of blown up. And, and with it is also a bit of your identity because, you know, you identify as this person in this right. life. And all of a sudden, all, of, all the foundation gets pulled out from under you. And so for someone who is a Capricorn, as I mentioned earlier, and kind of always kind of live this like pretty positive and um, strong, I can, I can make it through anything kind of person. And all of a sudden that foundation was pulled out from under me and I was mm-hmm. below. I mean, I was in a rough place, um, you know, just mentally because of what occurred. And so that's, that really was eye opening and it became such a pivot. And, you know, I mean, this happens to, I mean, you know, we all have different pivots in our life, right? I right, mean, right. Uh, you know, there's all, I mean, you've, you've interviewed so many people with these, you know, insane pivots in their life. And, you know, divorce is something that happens. Unfortunately, it happens more than any of us would like to, you know, think that it's going to happen, but it does. And so, you know, you think, oh, come on, you can get over that. And you can, and I did. But what I found so interesting going through it and kind of connecting in with some groups of women 
because I didn't have any friends at the time that were actually divorced. (laughs) And so I started like, you know, Facebook groups and connecting with people just to understand this whole situation. And what I learned is that so many women never recover. Like Ah. it changes their life in a negative way Ah. and they don't recover. And if they don't recover, guess what? Their kids don't recover. Right. You know, and so I really found that to be true. Like, I mean, fully recover, like mentally recover from that. Um, And And emotionally, emotionally too, which is so important. Yeah. Yeah. So that definitely was, you know, the pivot that knocked me off my feet. And, you know, it also redirected some of my passion you know, in life, I spent I, my, my full-time career is working with large companies. I do a lot of leadership training and sales training and, you know, culture consulting, like that's what I do in my business life. And mm-hmm. so that's what I've been doing for the last 25 years is I own a business and that's what I do. Um, but this situation, you know, created a passion for me in how do I help women rediscover themselves and now it's just broadened to gosh we're all rediscovering ourselves all the time like and so how might you know so through my instagram and things like that it's all about like positive vibes and take ownership of your journey and rediscover you um and the book is called rediscover you post divorce but the truth is it could be rediscover you post anything Right. Wow. Okay. So a couple questions that come to mind. How far out of this are you? Oh, um, six years. Okay. So that's, that's a good chunk of time to have been able to uh, do obviously quite a bit of healing and to, to then choose a, a better, brighter future even though that wasn't the one you thought you were going to have, you didn't, I, I I find that. And I think maybe this is partly what you're talking about is that decide somehow people stay stuck in, you know, like an event or whatever. And they just, they just keep circling in that place. And for a variety of reasons, you know, they're not able or interested in uh, getting out of that stuck place. And mm-hmm. I, I think you're, uh, you know, you're a living proof of you don't have to stay there. And why would you stay mm-hmm. there? There's so much more. So tell us, you've obviously um, done a lot of work. What, what did, what was the most, uh, what were a couple of the things that you found the most helpful? Um, so we can encourage people out there. Uh, obviously, well, you wrote a book and I'm sure that a lot of that is in there, but Like, what were some of the things you found helpful? Sure. Well, I mean, I, what I, the analogy or the metaphor that I use in the book is that you're, it's like taking a journey, like, you know, in, in all of life, right. We're on a journey and, and, you know, we get to crossroads and that's our pivot. You know, you call it pivot or a crossroad. And so I kind of write it in that context and, um, and because of what I do for my real job, you know, my full-time job, I work with people one-on-one all the time around discovering their strengths and understanding their values 
and getting clear about habits and their why and creating their personal vision. I mean, that's stuff I do. I have the tools. You know, right. that's the difference, I think, because I feel like so many of the women I've interacted with didn't have the toolkit that I happen to have. Right. Because of, and I, but I, it took me about a, almost a year to fully apply the tools to myself because I was in that place where I just kind of, why me? And I mean, actually, when you go through divorce or any kind of loss or any kind of change, even a, lose, a loss of a job, you know, you go through that um, Cooper Ross grieving process. And mm. so I was, you know, really spending a lot of time in denial and not allowing myself to kind of move forward, um, which, you know, is okay because everyone kind of moves through different changes, different things that go on in their life in different ways. But we all go through those um, grieving processes. And when I wrote the book, I said, you know, this is a journey. And the very first thing you have to do on the journey is not just start going in a direction. A lot of women I've met actually immediately start dating. I'm like, Mm. no, like, would you just stop for a minute and fuel up? Like, let's just fuel ourselves up, you know, because what happens? You attract the same kind of person. So Mm. fuel yourself up, get really clear about your strengths and, and what you're good at and what you're better at than maybe anyone else. And get, you know, like, think about your compass, which is your values. Like North is always North. And so understand what your true North is. And those are driven by your values. You know, when you just, when you start the conversation as you did today with, you know, what are three words to describe yourself? I described my three values. And so Right. And so you think about all the people you've interviewed and you think about, you know, your own three things that describe you. I mean, those are your values at at the core. And so if you're but people lose track of that. That's why I'm so glad you asked that question um, when you start your podcast. I think that's such a great way because it just grounds people on kind of like their values. So like, what are your values? And then if your value is um, physical fitness. But you don't, you know, if you say, oh, I'm, I value um, being healthy, but yet you don't do any of the things to really yeah. be healthy, then yeah. it's, it's, it might sound good, but it's not your value. So right. the third chapter is all about how do you create habits to fuel your values? So, mm-hmm. you know, so think about, you know, you got a compass and you, those are your values. And now you've got to put fuel in the tank before you take your trip. And that fuel are your habits. It's those little tiny things that help you to activate your values in your life. Um, And then the fourth one is about understanding your why, like what really drives you. Um, And for me, when I, you know, when I had thought about writing a book, I thought about doing a course, I thought about all these things. And to be honest with you, I'm pretty busy with my full-time job. (laughs) And, um, you know, and so I was like, ah, not going to do it. Not going to do it. And then I had a friend who, you know, we met for a glass of wine. She's like, oh, you said the last time, you know, you're going to write a book or start a course. Like, how are you doing on that? And I was like, oh, I haven't done anything with it yet. You know, I just keep thinking about it, but I don't have the time. And I came on that night and thought, gosh, should I really do this? And I started writing down, like, why should I do it? And what it came down to was, if you go on Facebook, there's like 25 groups for women who are going through a divorce. And if you read some of the things that they say, 
and you're, I mean, I, I'm taken aback. I read them every day. Um, oh. Yeah. And, and I realize again, that these, so many of these women are four five, six, seven years out and they have not recovered. Mm. They're still in this sad, depressed place. And it pulls mm. down their kids mm-hmm. and it pulls down their livelihood mm. and it takes away the rest of their future. And when it was also interesting going on these Facebook groups is that I might see women on there that are in their forties. There are women in there that are in their seventies who, who are been divorced for five years mm. and they see no future for themselves. Mm, and because they're in a depressed state, they lost their job because they're in a depressed state. Their kids don't want to be with them, you know, so it creates this whole cycle. Right. And so for me, as I was thinking about it and thinking about some of these women that were kind of coming to mind to me, I thought like, Hey, if I help a couple of them, like it's worth it. So absolutely. you know, sit down, knock this out, do it. Because if I help a couple and it's worth it to me and that's, that's my why. So that's, that's chapter four of the book is like, be clear and discover your why, like get on, like understand what motivates you. Um, and then the th- fifth one is really like, start to picture where you want to be in life, you know? So what, what does that look like? What does that feel like? Um, and start envisioning, envisioning. And so I talk about vision boards and doing visioning activities that help you to start to create a vision for your path forward. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. Wow. Well, that, you know, that is so um, impactful because, you know, we talk a lot on the show about knowing yourself and, you know, to know Mm -hmm. yourself, you have to kind of look inward and spend a little time there and start. There's so many, many, you know, endless, countless tools out there to help you start scratching the surface. And there's obviously journal writing and and just so many ways, books, podcasts to kind of get that ball rolling. I love this idea of, of once you understand your why, the picturing where you want to be, because I feel like that's when some of the light kind of comes in and it's like, Oh, is there hope? Oh my gosh. If I start picturing it, this, this has to increase and sort of cause hope, you know, cause you, you have to be able to, to see it even in the faintest of terms before you can, uh, before you can take tiny little steps to get there. That's exactly right. Exactly right, Rochelle. Yeah. Oh, this... and, and if you can see it, then you can, then you can get there. You know, right. like if you can start to picture it, you can get there. Right. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. So at what point post, or, or, you know, this news, and now it's been six years. So what point on that six year journey, did you decide to write a book? How long did the book take you? And how long has the book been out? um gosh um well I think I published the book two years ago I actually started by doing a course so I actually have a course that's a online course that 
I started with because I, I do this for, you know, like I teach people for a living. So I teach a lot of e-learning courses and things like that. So I started with the course. And so I, I wrote the course, I taped the whole course and the course is available in a number of places on my website and on, um, um, a group called mastermind.com houses that as well. So I started with a course that was called rediscover you post-divorce and it really is the steps. And then what I found was that, um, as people came into the course, they were wanting, like, could you, could you get more detail into some of these exercises Mm. and, you know, do you have a journal? And so Mm -hmm. then I was like, gosh, maybe I should just write a book. And again, this is more of a, this is less of a book and more of like a, a journal. I mean, it really is kind almost of a like a workbook, you know, like a workbook. So you're, yeah, yeah you're in exactly. it and you're, you're doing stuff, right? Yep. It's a workbook. So, um, I really direct people now to the book before the course, because I feel like, um, they could do either, but I, but I personally think that the, for a lot of people, the workbook is a bit more tangible than taking a course. Like I'm used to giving courses and taking courses because I do that in my, in my day job. But for most people who are trying to kind of pull themselves out to be able to read a book and, or, you know, journal in it, or it's in Kindle form as well. So I have it set up so that, you know, they can use it and print off all the PDFs, like put them all in PDF so that all All the exercises they could actually just kind of print off. So I just find that's kind of easier access um, for people. So, so yeah, so that's so, and, and didn't, once I decided that I was going to write the book, having written the course, it took, no uh, time. I mean, I literally sat down, it was very cathartic. So, you know, I, I suggest for anyone who's going through different things in life, like journal it, write it, you could publish it or not. Um, I decided to self-publish this on Amazon. I don't know if you know anything about self-publishing, but I'll tell you that I will never, I, I will sell thousands of copies and I probably will never make back the amount of money I put into um, creating it oh. just because, you know, you get an editor, you have someone who puts it up into the whole Amazon format, you buy all the software to create the covers and all that stuff. Okay. Like, so Yeah. And you make like $5 a book. Okay. But again, I'm not doing this to make money. Right, right. right. I'm, I'm doing it. So I'm kind of like, it's my give back. That's how I see it. It's my give back. Well, and because you went through this horrendous thing that you didn't sign up for, and you chose the higher road in so many different ways. And not only that, but you turned around and said, okay, now, how did I get here? And what do I want to do about the fact that I'm now here? Because you can turn around and see lots of other women who are at different places on the road. Why not yep. give them a hand up by, you know, and and for me, I mean, I've got the whole spiritual component of I'm thinking there's no coincidence in the yeah. fact that you do this for a living that you teach, that you talk about leadership and, you know, strengths and all these things that you actually have been doing for 25 years. It's boy, it's taking all of that wisdom and all of that knowledge and um, 
And then the whole personal element of it, you know, merging what you actually went through so that, um, you know, women, women can have that hope and they, you know, realize, okay, yes, if I do the hard work and, and it's hard, but it, in, in my opinion, it's harder to stay stuck. That's harder. Completely agree. It is. It is. I mean, that's how we see it. But yet, if you're stuck and you don't know how to get unstuck, then your days just pass being kind of stuck or doing the same thing, you know, keeping that bad job or, you know, I mean, like how many people do you know, like are in a job they don't like, right. but they kind of feel stuck, like, right. Yeah. You know, I had, I had a call with a friend the other day who's like a physician who's like, Hey, I want to rediscover me. And I don't want to, I, I want to do something completely different in my life. Like she's been a physician mm. practicing for 20 some odd years and she wants to change her life. So you know, we literally went through all the same steps. Uh, what are your strengths? What are your values? What are your habits? Where do you want to be? Why? You know, I mean, like literally, you know, so it just, it just, but, but we, we just allow ourselves sometimes to stay stuck because it's easier, right? We think it's easier. We think it's harder. Right. And, and, and there's something about the being stuck. It starts feeling familiar and comfortable. Right. But that's, it's that's really insightful. Yes. I think that's it. Yes. I think that's it. And it feels too risky to step out of the being stuck. Mm-hmm. It's it's as you and I both know, it, it it's it's well worth the risk. I mean, we we talk about that a lot here, and it's mm-hmm. um it, it's it's ongoing the necessity to just step out of the comfort zone. Otherwise, you 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 are stuck, and you're not getting the most of this life. And at the very end, exactly, do you want to say, "Oh, oh, shoot! I wished I'd done this and that yeah. and that and that." And no, no, yeah. no. Now's the time. Now's the time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Beautiful. I mean, who wants to? Who wants to? You know, you know, go to heaven or you know have their life come to an end, and people say, "Oh, she was so close to reaching her potential." You know, it's you know, too I mean, bad. Right? it's too bad. Fill in the it's blank. too bad. Yeah. This happened to her. It's too bad. She wasn't, able, you know, like who wants that? Like no one. No. Right. So, no. you know, that's kind of what, you know, this kind of concept of like no regrets and being resilient just really requires, you know, it's like, um, yeah. So I, I do think that everything happens for a reason. I have that spiritual connection myself. So I, as I've reflected on all of this, Um, I don't regret, like, I never expected to be divorced and I don't think I, I, and I don't want to be divorced. I didn't want to be divorced. I should say I'm happy now, but I did not want to go through that, but I have to say, I feel like everything happens for a reason. So I do feel like, like spiritually I was drawn to this and that these things came together in such a way that, um, it just calls me. I mean, I feel like it's it's literally been a calling. Right. Absolutely. I want to make a, a slight distinction here for me anyway, and you can let me know if this uh, works for you. Yes. I think there's one way we could say everything happens for a reason. What, what I like to think, because when we say that, I sometimes feel like people would excuse what your husband did. Like, well, see, everything happens for a reason. 
but for for me, it does not excuse, you know, poor choices, bad behavior. But I do believe that things can work out for good. And for me, that God doesn't waste anything. And so he's, look at this, took all these skills and all this experience you already had and said, guess what? We're doing even more with it now. Here you go. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I am in complete um, agreement with you. So when I mean everything happens for a reason in my life, I believe that everything happens because God or the the power, the greater power, um, I believe in God, but for other people, you yeah, know, whatever yeah. their, whatever their force is, it's like, no, it directs you there. And yeah. if you allow it, if you let it, if you open yourself up to it, yeah, um, then, you know, you're a force for positivity, even, yeah, you know, through negative situations. Yeah. You, you can, yeah, you can make, you can make good out of that. Good can be made out of those hard and very difficult situations. Mm-hmm. So now there's reason you've been through that. Not that, you know, I just, you know, I just, you know, we have, we have free will, we have free will and we exactly. don't always exercise exactly. it in the best ways possible. So <laughs> completely. Yeah. So another like-minded sure. uh, woman, that's wonderful, Peg. Is there anything you want to say in conclusion? And then you can share with us all the places we can find you. Um, I don't think anything necessarily in, in conclusion other than like, we're all rediscovering ourselves. So allow yourself to rediscover you. Yes. Just like, let that, let yourself rediscover you. I said this again, recently to my 26 and 27 year old, like you're evolving allow yourself to rediscover you, whatever you thought you were going to be at 25 or 26. It doesn't matter. This is, you've got tomorrow, like start, start rediscovering who you are. And um, so that's, that's my vibe. So, and I thank you so much, Rochelle, you know, you're doing such good work and just bringing so many um, inspirational and interesting people to, um, to the world here and giving them a platform to speak. And I so appreciate you oh, um, giving me this platform. Oh, so. it's my pleasure. And I could see, you know, uh, I could see, you know, staying connected and, uh, who knows what future collaborations that. might be down the road, right? <laughs> I would love that. There's okay. no doubt about it. Tell us where we can find you. Uh, sure. I'm on Instagram. Uh, thrive post-divorce. Mm-hmm. So that's my handle on Instagram is thrive post-divorce. Right. Um, the book rediscover you post-divorce is on Amazon in both book form and Kindle. So it's called rediscover you post-divorce. And um, I also have a website thrive post-divorce.com and that's where you can find the course. So um, lots of options there, but I always tell people, you know, start on my Instagram. It's free. And it's all positive vibes and it's for anyone, even if you're a friend helping someone through a difficult time, it's all positive vibes. So start there. And then, um, and you know, who's bought the most of my books or a lot of my books have been attorneys, divorce attorneys. (laughs) Yeah. I had one that bought 10 and she wrote me a note and said, she follows me on Instagram um, and said, I'm going to give this to my clients. Like what a gift for me to give to my clients. 
Oh, that's gosh, I love hearing that. Look at look at how it's going out <laughs> into the world and helping people. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you for this time, Peg. I, I always Thank consider you. it really um I, I feel very grateful to connect and um to get mm-hmm. to know somebody, in this case, you. And I, I love what you're doing. So keep doing it because we we want to really help all those uh, stuck women out there. Absolutely. We sure do. Thank you so much for your mission and the hard work of managing a podcast. You know, <laughs> I, I haven't done it. So many people have said, why don't you do a podcast? I'm like, no, thank you. It's too much work. Um, so I'm so glad that you and Michelle Fullen are out there doing this, yeah. doing this hard work Aww. for everyone else. So thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you, Peg. All right. About 37% of U.S. marriages end in divorce. While that is actually lower than I guessed, it still happens and it's still painful. You don't hear about too many carefree, happy marriages deciding to call it quits. Quite unexpectedly, Peg has become something of an expert. She took her corporate work and applied it to the personal arena. Voila! This huge pivot of rediscovering yourself has become her passion as she looks to help those who want to do more than survive, those who want to do the work and thrive. And now a closing prayer. God, may you bestow upon us the desire to be our very best, to discover who we are and to expand there. Even after we've hurt and been hurt, we want forgiveness to give it and to receive it, for in it we can heal. May you help us do more than go through the motions. Grant us the thrill and joy of flourishing. Amen. Be brave. Be who you are without apology.